Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, you're in the chat right now on YouTube. I am. You can join us. Subscribe to the channel. Search out Outkick. I'm always chatting. Pound the like button. You can ring that bell. It'll allow you to receive the alerts every time we go live uh, through all the shows. And you can get great content on demand. Uh, just search out Outkick on YouTube, Outkick.com as well. You I can find us there. In fact, saying hello to all the humans that are in our chat right there now. There you go. Hello, humans. <laughs> We've got uh, college football tonight. We will continue that discussion. We'll also hit the uh, big headlines across the NFL. Two holdouts continue with Nick Bosa in San Francisco, Chris Jones in Kansas City. Armando Salguero from Outkick.com, our senior NFL writer, joins us in 20 minutes. And uh, we'll hear from... Uh, we've got Chris Ballard, general manager in, in Indianapolis, discussing Jonathan Taylor and how that has gone over the last month and a half or so. It's been quite the saga where he continues to be on the physically unable to perform list, was granted to seek a trade, did not come back with compensation that the Colts wanted. And now the standoff continues. Uh, that's coming up in minutes. Chad, name, image, likeness. I'm all for it. I'm all for players being compensated and doing things off the field uh, through their name, through their university, uh, whatever is promoted with the name on the jersey and whatever you can get from that and profit from, all good. Uh, it's a no-brainer that the quarterback at Oklahoma, General Booty is his name. That is a marketable name. He's signed a deal with an underwear company. And Chad, I don't know if you agree here or not, but... You've got General Booty through an NIL partnership and Rock'em Socks uh, with Booty underwear with Booty written across the back of the boxer briefs. I'm, again, all for NIL. Who in the hell would buy this? <laughs> I realize that it's, uh, Booty is, a, is a, uh, a body part. It's also a last name, and you would be buying this based on the dude's last name that you would wear on your butt. I... I who would do this? Are college football fans that crazy that they, they really ex expect the fans of Oklahoma to go buy this and wear a guy's name on their underwear? Can't do it. No. This doesn't need to be out there as part of NIL, period. Well, first off, Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger would like a word. because No, the, no that is a, that is a company. That is a company. That's also guy's name. It is a company. Yeah. It's also guys' names sure. around the underwear. It is, uh, yeah. Look, I, I, this is I'm, a this is a college football player's name. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, when I saw it as who would wear a guy's name on their underwear, I immediately thought Calvin Klein. I, I mean, I'll tell you who will wear a guy's name on underwear: losers. <laughs> this is a brand for losers. Uh, these are loser Oklahoma fans that are going to wear General Booty's name on a pair of underwear. This is one of the more divisive takes that we'll have on this show, and every time I say it. People get thoroughly pissed off with me. It is weird when you wear a college kid's name on the back of your jersey to a game. When you wear jerseys with other men's names on it, I think that's a little odd. I'm not a jersey NFL guy. NFL as well. NFL too, but especially grown men wearing college players' names on their jersey yeah. has always been odd. We agree. You're going to wear a, a, a college kid's name on your ass – Right. That's taking it to a different level. Like there's loser, and then there's enormous loser. 
Like I don't under I don't know. Maybe Davey can test this out and get some of the general booty underwear and wear them on a date. And if it goes really well, his date will see the underwear and we can get her reaction to said underwear. I don't know a woman on the planet that I've ever encountered or spent more than a minute talking to that would see a guy wearing general booty underwear because he's such a big Oklahoma Sooners fan and think that's a guy I'd like to have kids with. I really want to procreate with this man. I want to have his children, and I think this is a guy that needs to have more kids with me, and we need to bring forth life into this world. This man wearing general booty underwear. It's absurd. Yeah. If you buy it, you're a loser. I mean, I'm glad that he can make some NIL money in doing this, but, I mean, come on. This is the ultimate reality check. I would say if you're wearing a college kid's name on a jersey, you need to get slapped in the face. But if you're wearing general booty on your butt, you really need a, a reality smack <laughs> in the face. Something. Yeah, I, I saw this last night and added it because it's just it's crazy the, the idea that people would buy this. And now and, I'm and sure the chat's going to be very upset. The people who wear jerseys. Oh, how dare you uh, criticize anyone for wearing a jersey? I'm just not. I'm not a jersey yeah, guy. I don't well, believe in wearing the jersey. Of another man. Well, that led to NIL, though. The the NIL, because you're wear, if you wear 16 and it's a Tennessee uniform, you're not wearing it for any other reason than it's Peyton Manning's number. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it, I understand that angle of it. Well, but and if I it's also, like memorabilia, like if you've got a framed jersey yeah. of a player from a bygone era that's autographed, whatever, and you put it up in your yeah. man cave yeah, or somewhere in your house. That's different. I got no issue with that. But, like, wearing the jersey with the name on the back of someone else to the game is just odd to me. Totally with you. And I'm a huge sports fan. I see it all the time. I'm not saying you're a bad person if you do that. I'm saying you're it's, a loser. Well, yeah, and it's odd. Yeah, yeah look, there are, I know plenty of losers who are good people. That just makes you a loser well, if you do something like that. Well, there's a different level. This one. Would, oh, this one's next this level. This one would be top shelf. This one is next level. Next level in recruiting is, oh, well, number one, the guy's name fits with the university. Bear McWhorter is his name. He purchased a billboard a couple of years ago. Uh, wants to play for Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Coach Pittman, I want to be a hog. Well, sends out a message to everyone. Bear McWhorter says, Arkansas, I'm coming home forever thinking God. Hashtag go hogs at Coach Sam Pittman. Is there a better name for a, a top lineman than Bear McWhorter at That's Arkansas? Great. It's terrific. And with Sam Pittman as well, who is an offensive line guru. Fantastic. Remember we played the uh, audio of him with Marty and McGee talking about his like perfect day with the Popeye's chicken sandwich yes. and beer. But it was like more than that. It was like a bucket of Popeye's chicken and two chicken sandwiches. It was a, yeah, he said a beer. he wanted enough to have plenty left over for later. And that's his perfect Biscuits. day. Um, interesting guy, that Sam Pittman. So Hutton, I was I was doing some research on Bryson Barnes. Yeah. On this, this, this all ties into the Expected to start tonight for Utah. Yeah, starting tonight for, for Utah against Florida. In the personal part of his bio for the University of Utah, it says that he has three brothers and one sisters. He's an Eagle Scout, and he grew up raising roughly 12,000 pigs in a barn in southern Utah. There's a tie into the Razorbacks. That would definitely... I saw Eagle Scout, and I thought, yeah, Utah's going to win now. <laughs> I immediately regretted my bet that Florida's going to win outright. Because I see Eagle Scout, and I think this this guy is capable of anything. And I have drastically yeah. underrated Former the third-string quarterback, Bryson Barnes, at Utah. 
now that I know he's an Eagle Scout. It is very, very hard to become an Eagle Scout. It's a pro- it's a long process. It's very, very difficult. I, I, I'm not laughing about it. I, I know people who have gone through the process, and it is extremely difficult. I'm also look, and I'm, I respect the heck out of people that become an Eagle Scout. Let's let's get into this later from the quarterback perspective. Are we about to see the former walk-on take over, and you have a bit of a quarterback debate at, at Utah? I, is I this the Stetson Bennett? So. Is this the new Stetson Bennett of college football? Could be. I mean, look, I thought he had no chance until I saw the Eagle Scout and the raising of fifteen thousand pigs in a single well, you, barn you in told Southern me what he did Utah. In high school. And he's a high school legend, so maybe crazier things have happened. Allie in the YouTube chat hunt responding to the general booty underwear says, I think it's funny. The smarter move would have been to make it women's underwear. Yes. I agree. Yeah, but then, well, could you do it on a thong? You could put, I mean, I guess it wouldn't make as much sense, but you could put booty on the front. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Right? But like, you know, there's boy short underwear for women too. They could put booty on that. Well, imagine just having Chad, and then and you're selling underwear with your name on it, Chad, and guys are going out to purchase that. Maybe you know? maybe Outkick will start or their Outkick store back, and Clay. we'll just have Chad underwear. <laughs> Clay underwear. Uh, would it be more, more popular with men or women would be the question. If we had women's underwear with the name Chad on it, or men's underwear with the name Clay I think it would it. sell out. I think the merch Clay shop underwear for men would be a top seller. Clay for men. I mean, we get like tons of fan mail sent here to Six and Peabody for Clay. I think a lot of guys would wear Clay underwear. Be better than no the pants he purchased. I think it would. I think it would sell better than general booty underwear for men. Chris Ballard. Allie's right though. It should be for women. That makes more sense. Chris Ballard is trying to sell the fact that there's still hope that the Colts and Jonathan Taylor can work things out. Here is the Indianapolis Colts general manager discussing the relationship and whether or not it's repairable. It sucks. It sucks for the Colts. It sucks for Jonathan Taylor. And it sucks for our fans. It, it just, it does. And it's, it's where we're at, and we've got to work through it. And we're going to do everything we can to work through it. Relationships are repairable. They're repairable. They are, but this one doesn't seem to be possible unless you're going to have the owner go back against what he said, that there's not going to be a contract extension and they're not going to give him a big raise. Yeah, the only way to repair this contract is to give him the money and contract that right. he wants. They're not willing to do that. Right. And I'll also say that, yes, all relationships are repairable only if someone wants to repair it. I don't get the sense that Jonathan Taylor or Jim Ursay are in some big rush to repair it. I would say Ursay and Ballard are way more agreeable to repairing the relationship than Jonathan Taylor is right now. Oh, Ballard, for sure. But the only way to repair the relationship with Jonathan Taylor is to pay him. Ballard, That's it. Ballard, for sure, based yeah. on this has now been pushed to him. I mean, he is the GM. He's managing the roster. But this has been a discussion between Ursay and Taylor that is now on the desk of Chris Ballard, who's having to speak on it, uh, including bringing up Andrew Luck as an example it, whether or not not having the former all pro running back Jonathan Taylor in the backfield for their rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson uh, do you think that stunts Anthony's growth or hinders his early development not having Jonathan next to him well, look when you don't have a great player I mean but I don't think it stunts his growth no not at all but it doesn't I mean I don't know did it stunt Andrew's growth without a special back? 
Yes. Uh, that's why he retired early. I mean, in thinking Definitely about it, helped. I mean, you had a, a terrible offensive line. He was knocked around, and what could have been a Hall of Fame career, he didn't care about it enough to stick around because of the injury concerns, concussion concerns, and the fact that quarterbacks are protected more than any player in sports. And here is Andrew Luck saying, yeah, peace out. I'm headed to the... I'm headed to retirement. I'm headed to my book club instead of trying for a Super Bowl title. Chris Ballard's got a great voice, by the way. I could listen to him talk about almost anything. I appreciate his, his honesty. His voice. But it, yes, it affected. Andrew Luck was great, but it affected his career. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I think the over under at DraftKings uh, for uh, the, the Colts win total is like seven, six, seven and a half. I, I would hammer the under on that. Yeah, that seems large right now. Um, I, the whole blame game in this this whole deal with, with Indianapolis is fascinating to me. Between Ursay, Ballard, Taylor, just on that story, but really between Ursay and Ballard also, just overall with where the franchise has gone lately. It, it's, uh, it's crazy that for years and years, I mean, look, this is what a great professional quarterback can do for you, like a guy like Peyton Manning. It masks a lot of different things. That's going on. But when Peyton Manning was the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, they were thought of as one of the preeminent organizations from a professional standpoint in the National Football League. There were no issues that I can remember. It was seen as a place where you go and you work and you win because Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Andrew Luck had a lot of that too, but they yes. couldn't protect him. But since then, we've seen – some of the clown-like tendencies of Ursa come through because he doesn't have a Peyton Manning to shield him. Um, I think the change in general manager over the years has hurt them as well. But, you know, who's most to blame for all of it? I'm starting to believe that it might be Jonathan Taylor because he just came into this thing never wanting to be a Colt this year, and he may have sabotaged it just on that specific story. But overall, with the, where the, the downturn of this organization, I, I don't know. There's a lot of blame to go around. And you, meanwhile, Shane Steichen is there, year one head coach. and No one's talking about him. And, I mean, he's, he's there to develop Anthony Richardson, which is going to be a long, hard path in year one. And they've admitted that from the first press conference following the draft, saying, hey, it may get worse before it gets better, but the ceiling is extremely high. Uh, and they're at the floor currently for a guy who – in all likelihood, really needs a year to develop, needs that redshirt year. And instead, he's – if he's your franchise quarterback, you put him in. I'm, I'm with you, Chad, just like they did with Peyton Manning. And they turned things around in year two. But they did have a solid run game and a solid offensive line built around Peyton Manning eventually. Yeah, that, but They've I got to the focus whole... on that, and they're not doing that here when they have the opportunity with Taylor. They have mismanaged this relationship – to where he doesn't even want to come back and play. And I don't think he's injured. Not that we needed one. It's a great reminder of the strength and value of a top-level quarterback because the Indianapolis Colts are not a great organization. They were a great organization mostly because of Peyton Manning and then for some time because of Andrew Luck and their play well, and their professionalism. Think about the, the Pittsburgh Steelers don't need a great quarterback because they're the Pittsburgh Steelers and they have great ownership well, and it's a good organization. Ursay was also the owner, though, when they had 
uh, a Hall of Fame general manager, a Hall of Fame yeah. coach, and a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, it, it all lined up well. But I, I still I, I put the majority of that on on the quarterback, on Peyton Manning during that time. Dungy and you know they, they've they have to find consistency. Ballard, I think Chris Ballard surprised he still has a job there. Quite frankly, that he's not he wasn't shipped out with Frank Reich. Let's get him talking about more stuff. I like yeah. that voice. He's not afraid I, I like to speak candor. his mind, and neither is their owner, and that might be the problem because that's why they're in the situation right now with their former All-Pro running back. Our All-Pro covering the league, Armando Salguero. He joins us next. Top discussion, two big holdouts on defense. That's next on Hot Mike. Chad, one week from tonight, Thursday night football. Kansas City Chiefs against our Detroit Lions. And by our, I also include Armando Salguero. Huge Detroit Lions us. guy. Loves going there for Thanksgiving when he gets that assignment. Loves their uh, media meals yep. at all of their games, Silver Dome or not. Huge Lions guy. Uh, the NFL Week 1 is upon us. Armando Salguero's got you covered at outkick.com. Armando, hope things are well. Things are outstanding, by the way. I, I know that this is not my lane, but uh, the real Miami plays the Ohio Miami on Friday night. And some Miami kid from Ohio is talking about how they're the real Miami. Oh, gosh. Uh, they are the cradle of coaches. And uh, we're going to knock them out and put them to sleep. Yeah, yeah they, they said we'll find out they're my, that – the U will find out who the real Miami is and what they're calling the confusion bowl. I'm not sure who the Miami U coach is right now, but I'm sure that that coach in the cradle of coaches just loves one of his kids talking about where the real Miami getting, getting ready to go up against Miami, the hurricanes. I'm sure, <laughs> he, I'm sure he loves that bulletin board material. Miami hurricanes. You're talking trash. To the people who invented trash talking. I just like okay. the, the kids like, I'd like to start this media gaggle by saying that we're the real Miami going into this game. I'd like that on the record as we get ready to play the Miami Hurricanes. Chuck I, I Martin like is your head coach, Chad. Chuck Martin. That sounds like a guy who was a great head coach in 1955. So that tracks for Miami U. Uh, Armando, will Chris Jones be on the field a, a week from tonight for the Kansas City Chiefs as the holdout continues? Wow. Let me, I have not consulted with Karnak, mm -hmm. uh, but it hasn't looked good. Uh, you know, they haven't been talking. It's hard to have, it's hard to have a deal when there's not a ton of communication. Now, co contrast that to what's going on in San Francisco. They are also kind of um, surprised, annoyed at the fact that Nick Bosa is not signed. Another, you know, great pass rusher like Chris Jones, possibly a better pass rusher. But they talk practically every day. And though they don't have an agreement I like the idea of we're talking every day, at least call each other names, do something, because out of that is the, a greater likelihood that you're going to reach a moment where everybody, you know, says, let's let's get this done. The season's upon us. Whereas in Kansas City, at last report, nothing with what? Chris Jones. 
And Chris Jones, by the way, unlike Nick Bosa, he's a veteran. He's made a lot of money in the NFL. And he's on the record as saying, I can afford to sit sit out for a while. And what's interesting, too, it's very rare to see the two franchises in this position. Just it, You don't hear about the Chiefs and a holdout or the 49ers and a, and a holdout player. But Kansas City did trade Tyreek Hill whenever there was a contract discussion. I know they've said, Veach has said they're not looking to trade the, the, the four-time Pro Bowler. Um, and maybe they don't. But it, we do have a history of anyone but Mahomes or Kelsey uh, when the deal's up and there, there is some type of dispute finding a new home and a new team that will pay them. Yeah, Chris Jones is their best defensive player. And they don't really have a plan B to rush the passer. Um, not to the extent of 12 to 16 sacks. And so, you know, I, I don't see a trade being done for Chris Jones. That's just not in the cards, I don't believe. Of course, when this segment is over, mm -hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs will announce yeah, of course. that Chris Jones has been traded. But <laughs> let me go on the record. Foof Salguero says it's not going to happen. Armando Salguero with us. Uh, he, he can tell the future. Uh, you can read all about it at outkick.com. Uh, the Dolphins were in on the trade discussions for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, reports are the Packers were the second team. Should we keep those two teams in mind at the trade deadline, Armando, when it, in regards to Jonathan Taylor? That's a great question because this trade deadline was Indianapolis Colts produced, induced, and manufactured. And the reason they picked that deadline is they wanted certainty as to what to do uh, you know, with their roster construction. It turns out they're constructing their roster by putting Jonathan Taylor on the physically unable to perform list, which means he misses the first four games. But nonetheless, that was the reason that it was, uh, you know, a couple of days ago at four o'clock on the 29th, I believe. The point being this, the real NFL trade deadline is October 31st. And it says right here that Jonathan Taylor remains on the trade block until October 31st. And anybody who thinks otherwise isn't paying attention. Jonathan Taylor, that situation, even Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, said that it was a situation that needed repair. This is not one where it was um i don't want to say it was unprofessional but it was personal and when you get negotiations that are personal you have to repair relationships and sometimes those are not reparable uh, so is it reparable or repairable anyway the point being that there's there's a, a a gap there and it might not be filled and it might not be filled unless there is a trade. Is it one of those weird words where it's irreparable, but it's repairable when you don't put the ear in front of it. I've always said it that way, but I'm like you, I'm not sure exactly how I think it's repairable. I think you were right. 
Armando, but we don't say irreparable. We say irreparable. You're the writer, so you decide for us. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, English as my second language. I'll be happy to teach you guys. No um, problem. Scouting was the primary language of, of the great Gil Brandt, uh, who passed away at the age of 91 today. And it's amazing when, when you bring up the name Gil Brandt, Armando, I feel like he touched so many different parts of the game over so many years that almost everyone has a Gil Brandt story with his impact on the NFL. Um, what's your memory of Gil Brandt and, and his impact on the game? Well, the guy basically brought computers into, yeah. you know, the NFL. And obviously, at, you know, that we're down the road from that, clearly. But you can say that the outgrowth of, of all of that is the analytics and the, you know, the, the reams of, of information that teams gather on prospects and not, and not just prospects that they see on television. They're talking about guys that are playing for Bumble Heck, you know, Nebraska uh, junior college. So they got a great defensive it, line that, that yeah. yes, program, by the way, yeah, known for their defensive linemen bad lack of playmakers. Anyway, <laughs> the the point is that he was on the cutting edge of that. I think he helped draft like eight Hall of Famers, eight mm. Hall, pro football Hall of Famers. So, and oh, by the way, a very nice man on top of that. Yes. Um, I, I had a radio show in South Florida for, for many years. And whenever he would come on, he would act like I was the big deal and he was not. And everybody on earth knew that it was very much the other way around. Have you had a chance to watch the latest episode of Hard Knocks uh, featuring really it's Aaron Rodgers, not just Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. It's, It's Aaron Rodgers. Have you seen the latest episode? I haven't, but I assume you're going to ask me about his exchange. Yes. With, yeah, with the New York Giants, uh, you know, linebacker. So, Jihad Ward of the Giants, there is a, and I've seen it, there's a feisty exchange that's in the show uh, where they're they're trash talking back and forth. Ward says, I was portrayed in a bad way on the show with what they clipped and let Rodgers get the best of me in the exchange. And he goes on to say, what they left out was that Randall Cobb had a dirty hit on one of our players and put him in concussion protocol, and the entire Jets huddle was laughing about it before that play happened. Aaron Rodgers comes back today and says, yeah, he's lying. That's not true at all. Jets-Giants is now becoming quite the little feud here, Armando, because of this back and forth. But I think it is true, by the way. I think it's very much true, because I remember... We may have lost uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking to his very good friend, uh, you know, Mr. Cobby, as he calls him. And they were they were kidding about the hit, which, by the way, was illegal. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do something weird here. I'm on I'm on the defensive player's side, dude, you you it was a dirty hit. On Bobby McCain, you knocked him out, you concussed him. This has repercussions throughout the season now, because if he has another kind of hit like that, we're talking out 
for extended number of weeks. We're not talking, he'll be back next week. And so that is a, that is a, a, a situation that affects the ability of the New York Giants to win and lose games. And so Ward decided, okay, you want to play like that? I'm going to bump into the quarterback who happens to be the best friend of the guy who, you know, administered the day, the dirty hit. I got no problems with that. That and and Hard Knocks is going to always defer to Aaron Rodgers because it has been the Aaron Rodgers show. But I don't care about the Aaron Rodgers show. I care about what's fair. Go By ahead. the way, Sunday, October 29th, Jets Giants in the regular season. If you want to see the the repeat, the sequel to this feud, and the Jets have final edit, not the Giants of Correct. that show. Uh, so new ownership in Washington, and they they may change the Commanders' name, but it's not going back to Rex, Redskins. That that according uh, to their their team president, and the fans certainly. I, I don't think the fans wanted to change the name to begin with. Uh, there are other petitions out there to get them to go back to the Redskins. Uh, the issue, though, that no one's talking about is FedEx brought this on. FedEx, a major sponsor of Washington, was outspoken about changing the name. Fred Smith was 30% owner. He sold his share of the team at the time. Um, what do you make of this, Armando? They, they likely changed the name, but it's not going back to what the legacy was with the franchise. Right. And, and you know what the legacy was? That that logo was... Um, was instituted and uh, drawn up and basically came to the person who did it in honor of the Blackfeet Nation because it was basically a portrait of a former Blackfeet Nation chief. And it was drawn and put together and submitted by the a Blackfeet Nation member who also happened to be like the chairman of the Native American Council on you know human rights and stuff at the time in the 1970s. So you're right. The name is never going to be, you know, what it was again. It's never gonna be Redskins again. That's that's just it. The, the atmosphere there in that city is such that it, it's a blue town and the people that own the team are, are a certain, lean a certain way and there would be an outcry from a certain amount of people to, to put that back. They say that it is a racial epithet, that it's a slur. Okay, um, then account for the other people who, you know, say that it's something of honor. The point is that they're, they are the commanders going to look at other things to change. They're going to put $40 million into the crappiest stadium, perhaps in the NFL, at FedEx Field. And they're trying to get a new field. Uh, and I believe they've got a meeting with Vir the people in Virginia next week. So they're going to fix it with a $40 million band-aid this, this year and look for the real thing in the future. Armando Salguero, you can read his work at outkick.com. Uh, good luck to your Hurricanes. I don't think they need it. 
against the Red Hawks, but Miami against Miami is something to behold this weekend. Have fun with it. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Go Canes. Armando Salguero. Thank you, Armando. Always love having him on. Uh, a little bit later, Ryan Leaf joins us. When we come back, pick your poison. We've got some bad options, but we've got to pick one. It's a good list of bad options. Today. A coach to lead us to the playoffs. That's next in Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. If you're getting thirsty, headed into uh, some college games tonight. This is a great place to, to check out. Uh, and uh, all of their locations across the Southeast. Hit us up on social. You can join us in the chat as well. Just search out Outkick. Uh, we are live on YouTube and streaming across multiple platforms. X, Outkick.com, Facebook, and more. Uh, Chad, we've got a couple games tonight. We'll be glued to that. Games tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Football galore. College football fans dream. It's back. We have arrived. It is Labor Day weekend. We've got a weekend chock full of games. Do you? Starting next Thursday, Hud, this is where it gets fun. We get back-to-back weeks of newness. Yeah. First college football weekend, followed by the first weekend of college and NFL taking place in the same weekend. Love it. We get to see the follow-up for Detroit trying to do. Remember the year? This is three or four years ago. Dave, you may remember, too. Uh, Cleveland, Baker Mayfield's coming off of a decent season. Not great, but they were... They were all of the talk. They had won the offseason, maybe 2018, 2019. They opened the season at Kansas City. And it was a decent game. They didn't win. I think they lost by four or five points. They didn't live up to the hype that season. Detroit is now wearing that crown. And Jerry Goff is coming off a pretty good year where, I mean, he wasn't Geno Smith, but he was really close. Uh, I think Smith, Geno Smith completed nearly 70% of his passes that wasn't the case for Goff, but he had less uh, the less amount of interceptions, for instance, about the same amount of touchdown passes. I'm, I'm very intrigued by Detroit, and really it hinges on whether or not Goff can repeat what he did, which was just not lose the game. And he did more than that on a more consistent basis than what we're used to. Yeah, I, it's crazy with all the Aaron Rodgers Jets talk this offseason, but I, I look at that Lions team and what they can do. And Hutton, you're big, staying in that division – on the Bears and what yeah. they can possibly accomplish with some upward mobility. It's time. But it, it is time for the Lions to to make that next jump up and confirm all the good feelings everyone had about that team a year ago. Goff would be a good example of a pick-your-poison, which is just very average to above average, not in top-tier, not second-tier quarterbacks that you have to roll with. He has taken a team to the Super Bowl, though. Uh, pick-your-poison, here's Davey Hudson. Hey, guys. So, as we always know, it's a bad option, but you got to convince me. You got to make me think it's not it's not that bad. You know, at the end of the day, even though we know it's 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 a bleep show, but for our first pick your poison of the day, I need you to give me an NFL coach that is going to lead you to the playoffs. Now, this is a one-year uh, situation where we're taking them out of their current predicament because that's how I view it. They're they're in a rough spot. But your three coaches, Frank Reich down in Carolina, but hey, Dennis Allen in New Orleans, and Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. So none of these are good options, which makes it a great pick your poison. But Hutton, the answer for me is easy. It's the guy who's gone to the playoffs twice, Frank Reich. Uh, The other coaches have yet to get a team to the playoffs. So if I'm going with track record, while I don't love Frank Reich at all, and I've got my team, I'm an owner of an NFL team, and i got to get to the playoffs, I'm I'm picking Reich. Over these other two guys. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. Um, who is your second pick, though? 
Second on the list, probably Dennis Allen, but man, it's close. Yeah, this is where... I I just don't like McDaniels at all. I I like him as Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator in New England and for no other job. Well, this is where... That's the only job I like him in. This is where the quarterback would matter. Um, I would roll with McDaniels number two based on just the offensive background alone. I, I, I just I buy into the op- – with Frank Reich, you've got 14 seasons of him actually being the NFL quarterback, backup, but an NFL quarterback in the NFL. And, and I'm, I'm looking at it, too, of what he's done and who he's coached and not trying to avoid the, the other side of this argument, with, which would be how things finished in Indianapolis. But from, from the perspective of who are you – there's a reason why Carolina went with him. It's a stabilized, uh, a stable, uh, uh, the, the stability that he brings within the front office down. And when they went with Bryce Young, there's no doubt in my mind that that was Reich coming in and saying, this is the direction we need to go of the three to four uh, possible choices that they had. They trade up and go get the quarterback and they paired him with Frank Reich. I think I would roll with Reich, McDaniels, and then Allen in that order. But with McDaniels, it's solely based on the quarterback I would, I would have paired with him. And there's a reason why Jimmy G is now there in, in Las Vegas. There's a reason why Las Vegas was going after Brady multiple times. And there's also a reason why he had a lot of success in a decade in New England offensively. Can I throw, out a, can I throw out a pick your poison, you guys? It just came to my mind. Yeah, go for it. Former NFL coaches. You have to take one to lead your team to playoffs. Okay. Nathaniel Hackett, Urban Meyer, or Greg Schiano. Oh, God. Um, now, this is a pick your poison because all three of these guys absolutely sucked in their jobs. I, I would go oh, – go ahead, Davey. I was going to say I would go with Nathaniel Hackett for the sole reason that his team would not hate him. That's a good point. At least he's not going to be loathed in. by the entire roster. They, they would at least, and if, if, I, if I think of a team that would want to at least rally around that coach based off what I've heard about their experience in the NFL, it, it's got to be Hackett. And surely, while I know all three coaches have only had one experience as a head coach in the NFL, you would think just based off how it went, he would have learned from that more than I would say um, Urban would be as far as sticking with his ways and so would Shiano. That That's... You have the right answer um, because there are players actually exist that will defend him. <laughs> you can't find that with Urban Meyer that have actually played in the NFL for yeah, him. College players will defend him. In the NFL. But not in Shiano, you can find college players too. You're not finding them in the NFL. LeGarrette Blunt is an example. Uh, whenever we had him on at the Super Bowl, Shiano called him and cut him uh, and he found out through social and then actually heard that he was coach. playing pickup basketball. Or yeah, something that's when right. He found yeah. Out. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the answer. And how, would you go with Frank Reich as well, David? Did we convince you there? I would I would lean with Frank. And the biggest reason is just because what I've known has gone wrong for Frank. Jim Mercer is behind a lot of that. And just based off that roster construction, I still think as far as a football mind, Frank's respected the most among the other three options. And he also went through the, the turmoil of going back to the Andrew Luck retirement. I mean, that was right at the very beginning of his tenure in Indy. Quick answer here, because I think we all go with Nathaniel Hackett for the same reason on that one. Nathaniel Hackett, David Coley, or Lane Kiffin? NFL Lane Kiffin. 
probably uh, uh, Daniel Cully. David Cully, excuse me. I would go I would go Cully slightly ahead of Kiffin. I think Kiffin now versus Kiffin then has learned a lot and would be God. a likable NFL coach. But he was terrible when he was a young guy with the Raiders. Just being humbled. Yeah, now I, I would be convinced to take Lane, but if 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 we're going back to shortly after when he last uh, when he ultimately lost his job with the Raiders, I, I would probably lead with uh, Coach Cully. There's not a good transfer it's, it's portal. It's a good game. You're it's a getting, fast, fast-growing game. We're getting, getting more versions of the same. Former four stars and three of them in your quarterback yeah. room. Lane. All right, What's guys. next, David? Well, yeah, uh, speaking of uh, a guy that was in college, I'm going to give you three college programs from the Big Ten. And you're going to have to convince me on which one of these three can make the college football playoff. It's a long shot for them all. I will just say their like win totals. At any point in time, right? Like not this year, just any point in time to make it. Yes. Okay. But for right now, the reason I picked these, they're bottom feeders for their yeah. organization or for, uh, for their conference, and their win totals are all hovering around three on the season. And these are Power 5 programs. And these three programs are Rutgers, Northwestern, and Indiana. And uh, just real quick, Rutgers actually plays Northwestern on Sunday. And uh, you can go to DraftKings.com, but uh, throughoutkick.com slash bet. But Rutgers is a six and a half point favorite. It's not Rutgers. I'm going to go ahead and eliminate them from my list. It's not them ever in the Big Ten. I'm going to go Northwestern because that's a team that's played for a Big Ten championship before. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald got them to the, a Big Ten championship game. They've been relevant and good. They've played, you know, they've had... 10 and 1 seasons back in the day, 10 and 2 year, 9 and 3. Um, I, I don't know that I'm, it's a good one because I don't know that I'm excited about any of these three. Yeah. But I'm leaning Northwestern of the three. Oh, Indi- Indiana's got more resources, I would say, from an athletic department standpoint. I'm leaning that way. Is, is Tom Allen on the hot seat there? Yes. I, oh, yeah. He's on the hot seat. Uh, they, they have not, but they were, they finished the season in 2020 ranked mid. Uh, they Middle were of the pack seven, in the top twenty-five. They were six and two in the eight-game season. Yes, in twenty twenty. I feel like they were like eighteenth or nineteenth in the country. Yeah, um, that's one win away from being in the twelve-team mix. And they, but they've so, won a combined uh, five games in the last two years, five yeah. or six. And then uh, I believe that year too, they got boat raced in the championship game, right? Uh, yeah, for all the right. Big Ten. I'm gonna I, add- I, I would lean. Well, uh, Allen's going to get fired. You've got Shiano at Rutgers. And who knows who's leading the athletic department at Northwestern. Northwestern has a better chance of getting it right because of the complete overhaul, as long as they also overhaul the president, Michael Schill. Well, I was going to add on to that. It's like, well, Chad, would your answer then change for Northwestern if I said you had to hold on to President Schill and A.D. Gregg? Then it's Indiana. Okay. If If that's the case, then I'm going Hoosiers because those guys are completely incompetent. So give me, give me the Hoosiers. And now I think it's close between Northwestern and Indiana. I think Indiana could be good at football. I, I think it's a program that if they just, de- if they said, we're going to go all in on football and develop this, you know, as many resources and throw them into the, into that sport as much. I don't think they're, you know, national championship good, but they could be a consistently decent program. Well, we're I would to- say that for all of these, except for Rutgers. And it, the thing about Indiana, if we are still doing the two divisions, they're, they're playing Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Now they're doing away with that moving forward. I think that that definitely benefits them yeah. from a win total on how they could shake things up. Give me Indiana. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, that one I liked a lot. And I, like uh, 
I miss the leaders and the legends. I don't think I'll be getting that back. They're sticking with the East and the West. But it didn't last very long. No. Um, all right, guys. And our final one. This is a little fun. This isn't sports related, but uh, you know, I view again. I enjoy it, but sugar is poison. So, <laughs> cake or pie? So I believe that things are tastier fried as opposed to baked for the most part. So I'm going some sort of fried crust on a pie more than cake. I like both, but I'm going pie on this one. There's something about a warm fruit filling that really gets me going every time. Give me the pie. I don't, for the most part, like warm fruit. Uh, Okay. Cobblers and things. Not, Not for me. But I'm going pie over cake. I don't like a ton of icing. Not big on that. Give me the pecan pie. Give me the fudge pie. Give me chess pie. Uh, the list can Ooh, go on and one. on here. Chess pie. Uh, pumpkin pie. Uh, I'm all in. I'm going pie over cake. And for the most part, to me, uh, there are a ton of, unless it, there's not a big variation in cakes. I can get a variation in pies. Yeah, I think about my grandmother's apple pie with the fried crust on top. You know, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm going pie. Davey? I would pick cake. And I, I was actually, after Hutton mentioned cobbler, though, I was thinking, like, hard to beat a good peach cobbler. But uh, I, I know I'm, yeah. I'm in the minority there. It's, a, it's all right. It's, I mean, you get that scoop of vanilla ice cream on top, and it's, it's, it's hard to beat. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go cake. I just think that um, that little bit of icing that's on top just always is kind of there. It, it's a hard. Key lime pie. It's hard for me to pick. I mean, there's so many different variations, and like you can take different styles from around the world, but I would choose cake over pie. Coconut it's cream birthday. pie? You get it on your birthday. It's birthday cake, Go. not birthday pie. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I, look, it's a, it's a toss-up. I, I, I could probably go either way on this one, but I, I think about my, my Nana's apple pie. Yeah. When I hear pie, I'm going same. to that first and foremost. Yeah, same. Pecan, chocolate. Yeah. Or the fudge pie. Let's... Let's go. I also, if, if you just said, you know, what dessert do you want for your birthday? I would just pick ice cream. <laughs> See, I would go Over pie. any of that. I'm, I'm going pie over like cupcakes right. or Can a, we a go and get like a Dairy Queen blizzard? That would be my birthday <laughs> treat. I'd rather have that than cake or pie. Now, the ice cream cakes, legit. The ice that's, cream cakes from Dairy Queen, it's a little, I, I sign up for that. That's a little sensitive to my gums. Got to be honest. <laughs> that's I got a gum, gum sensitivity issue with that. Not going to do it. Davey, you brought it. Good work. Those were good. Uh, Coming up. I look forward to this segment each week. Overrated and underrated college football games as we kick off week one tonight. We've arrived. Maybe we've got a few examples from week one. Might be one tonight. We'll lead off hour number three. Straight ahead.